The more internal struggles I have, especially in reconciling what modern Christianity has taught us about man in general, and the more I go deeper in meditations. There are, there are fights, confrontations, internal confrontations that makes me conclude that we in Christianity have been very limited in our understanding of God and his word in general when it relates to the human being. And what we have done is that we have allowed science and we have allowed mainstream science to educate us concerning who man is, what man can do, and have left the responsibility of understanding man to man. So we find an imbalance in our Christian communication. And here's the thing. Because science has had so much bearing on what we understand about the human being, the Christians are finding it difficult to meet up the standards of the understanding that has been brought from science about man. So you know what we end up doing? We end up focusing on the spirit. We end up creating a religion, a doctrine that is abstract. Because we cannot provide answers about the soul of man, the nature of man. So everything in our Christian life ends up being about it's in the spirit. It's in the spirit. Your prayers, while your prayers being answered, they are still in the spirit, waiting for manifestation. So we can provide substantial answers and as we as we play around there the world is moving further and further testing the limits of human possibilities 
was it not Darwin that came up with the hypothesis that man actually is a product of evolution. That he was at one point a homo sapiens, an ape. And that's what we've been studying, that's what we were taught in our textbooks. That the biological evolution of man has been a, a transitory uh, a process that started from Homo sapiens. Right here in South Africa, they say they discovered the first, one of the first primates of human civilization. And they call it the cradle of humankind. How men started like this, went like this, and went like this. Why? Because, because here's the thing. Vacuum is not allowed in existence. So if there's an area where understanding is not fully brought, something will feel. Something will feel. So the voice of Christianity in the understanding of the anatomy of man is misplaced in society because science has taken over. Darwin discovered this in the 1600s. 1600s. And it's still a fundamental thought regarding the human species. Yet it's all in the Bible. And God created man. Not an ape. Man. So as time progresses, this is what I perceive. Christianity will find it more and more difficult to address the issues of society. Because of what man is discovering. Because, I mean, look at, look at, look at the technological advances <coughs> in the world today since the year 2000. Just 20 years. Look at how much the world has progressed. in technology, in the understanding of the world. What has Christianity been doing? Now I know it might make you feel uncomfortable, but these are questions we must answer. These are questions we must answer. The Christian is satisfied and regards a, a <laughs> I, I just want to show you our thinking. A Christian regards this as a as a great testimony. I got a job in some cleaning business. He says, God has blessed me with a job. Yet there's somebody in the world who is engineering a business. <laughs> the Christian says, God has blessed me. Christian is excited for having a job for which he is not qualified for. And he says, it's the grace of God. It's the favor of God. That there's somebody creating, innovating, inventing something out of nothing. And he's not a Christian. He's not a Christian. So how do we reconcile what 
the world is doing. And what the one who professes God living inside this is not doing. Because it seems the ones without the spirit are doing much more than those who have the spirit. Why would they want your God? Why would they want to serve your Jesus? Because they are producing without your Jesus greater things than you could have imagined. You are using a phone that's probably created by somebody who doesn't worship Jesus. You are wearing clothes that are probably designed by somebody who doesn't worship Jesus. And the worship of Jesus, what is he doing? No, I am progressing in the spirit. Yet is it not God who created the soul? Is it not God who created the body? So there's a problem. I don't know if you see it. There's a problem. There's a problem in Christianity that must be addressed. It's there. It's there. You can't run away from it. It's there. It's there. Yet we have, we profess to have the access to the world. We profess we have the access. What access? What answers? We've created an imbalance, Christianity, that focuses on the spirit and neglects the other parts, other components that are necessary human needs. If you did not need a soul, God would not need you, give you a soul. If you do not need a body, God would not give you a body. So we justify our failures to answer human problems by how spiritual we are. It's a problem. I see There's Mark Zuckerberg at age 18. You, Facebook, almost all of you are on Facebook today. Almost all of you, he created a group. He's the most powerful human being on earth today. He, he has over 2 billion worth of human data. That's why he's so rich, because he can sell that data to most businesses. He's the most powerful. Everybody's looking for him. He's not a Christian. But you say, greater is he that is in me than is he that is in me. <coughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? It's a problem. It's a serious problem. Oh, God. It's a problem. And we must find the answers. We must, why is it like that? The Bible possesses the most potent truth about man, his ability, than any other book in society. 
in the churches, we preach Bible. We don't preach books. Outside, they preach books, but from those books, they produce things unimaginable. Why? Because we abuse our knowledge of God, our spirituality, for religious purposes. That's why amongst religious societies, poverty is extreme. Look at Africa, the cracks of Pentecostalism and charismatic churches who, who, who are the rich? The pastors. The church, 80% of them are poor. 80% of them live beyond, below human what is fit for human beings. But we preach the God who can do anything and everything. That's my problem. What's wrong? What's wrong? A kitchen would be satisfied and just sitting behind a counter. Satisfied. God is with you. God has blessed you. Something is wrong. Because the same God you say has blessed you is the same God who said, if you will hear my voice, I will make you the head and not the tail. I will put you above the nations of the earth. He's the same God that said that. And you are comfortable. Why? Our Christianity is being polluted. <coughs> Isaiah 25. Let me show you Verse number seven. on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all peoples notice he said all peoples he says there is a covering that is cast over all people and that covering is this and the veil that is spread over all nations so there's a covering there's a veil that's cast over all peoples. All peoples, the Bible says. Christian or non-Christian, it's a covering. Said it's veiled over all peoples. <coughs> and a veil that spread over the nations. In Christianity, the component, the number one factor for progress is one thing: revelation. Revelation is the Greek word apokalupto, it means to unveil. To uncover. So why is it in Christianity the most important thing for progress is revelation. It tells you something. That there is something hidden. Something covered. Something vain. 
That's blinding people. You see, a veil is that which blinds. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to those whose what? Whose minds are veiled. Whom the God of this world has what? Has blinded. Lest they should see. So the veil is to prohibit. To, to, to stop something from coming to your knowledge. And we profess, we have the answer, yet we are also blinded. There's a problem. There's a problem. You ask, why is my Christianity working so well? Let's be honest. We must, we must, we must be honest. You see, for us to grow, confrontation with truth and honesty is essential. It's not working. You love Jesus, yes, it's not working. Your life seems to oppose what is written in the scriptures. Your life is a contradiction of the promises of God. Yet you speak in tongues. You come to church. You pray. You give your tithe. You do everything that the religion in Christianity telling you to do. Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, ask anything and it shall be given. You ask for nothing. And then because you don't have the answer, you find ways to justify it. No, maybe it's still in the spirit. No, maybe there's a demon stopping it. No, maybe, 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 maybe. But you did what he said you must do. And the fact that you can go to God, this is faith. To come to God and say, I need this. The, the, the coming of you to him is faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is. The fact that you are asking, God, help me, shows that you have faith in him. But it's not happening. The problem is not in the spirit. The problem is in the mind. That's where the problem is. It's in the mind. It's not in the spirit. Is my people are destroyed for a lack of what? No. What is knowledge? Knowledge is the assimilation of information, the breaking down of information into workable quantas. Where do you break down information? In your, <coughs> in your mind, in your soul, in your mind. So the knowledge that you don't know that's destroying you is a result. Of your soul's inability to process it. My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. Why do they lack knowledge? Because their souls are unable. They don't have the capacitors, the capacity to, to, to not only absorb it, but to process it. Yet we have brain. Yet we have mind. Your mind is no different than the mind of any other human being. All born of the same mind. Yet why is that others are advancing at a far higher rate than those? I mean, there's no difference 
between the mind. I'm talking about the constituents, the composition of the mind of the billionaire and the mind of the tourist. What's your problem? What's your problem? Your brain is no different. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge. The lack, not the absence. Not the absence, the lack of knowledge. They are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They lack knowledge. And the lack of knowledge, the Bible describes it as ignorance. Because knowledge is available in abundance. But ignorance prohibits you from giving Genesis 1 26. Leviticus 
Let's start at 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 16. 2 Kings chapter 16. Verse 10. Chapter 16, verse number 10. Then, now King Ahaz <coughs> went to Damascus to meet Tiglath, Pileser, king of Assyria, and saw an altar that was at Damascus. And the king sent to Urijah, or Urijah, the priest the design of the altar and its pattern. See that word there, design. See that word there, design, is the same word that's translated likeness. The same word in the Hebrew, likeness. So God, in Genesis 1.26, he says, let's make men in our spirit and according to our design. Design. What does design mean? It means similitude. It means in the manner, in the likeness, in the form, in the shape. So when God made man, he made him with his spirit, in his spirit, with his spirit. And he also made him with his form, with his design. So the pattern of man's form was God. Are you following me? Are you when, when you take a brick, right, a brick, and you use cement to make a brick, right, you must create a frame for it, right? And through that frame, you put the, whatever it is, the mortar or the cement in that form that shapes the block in its size, right? Now, that, that, that form, that shape is God to man. He is the shape through which man was made. That's who God is. I mean, that's who man is. Man is, is the shape, the form, the result. So God took his spirit. His spirit. He took his spirit. Notice, every other thing that God has made came as a result of God's speech and God's hand. Are you listening to me? Amen. So when God created the staff, they are products of his words. The product of his hands. But when he came to man, he took of him. This is, this is what's tremendous. He took of his own substance, his own nature. We are talking about men, not Christians. We are talking about men, human beings. He took of his nature, his spirit. See, in the same way that God took of Adam's rib to form a woman, how did he do that? It's the same way he made man. He took man, he took man from his own composition. Let's make man, make man in our spirit, with our spirit. And according to our design, how we look like. 
So man is the only species that is in God's very own class. So he has as much abilities as God has. The potentials of men are limited. That's why in Genesis chapter 11, when the Bible says they gathered together and they were of one language and one speech, they said, let us build ourselves a tower that reaches to the heavens. God said, I will come down and see what these people are doing. And when he saw, God said, these people, these people, nothing shall be stopped. Nothing shall stop them from accomplishing this thing. Let's confuse their language. So God was intimidated by what man was able to do. God himself said it was Noah. So they would build that tower that would reach right into God's very throne. God said, we must stop him. He hindered their project because his potentials were already in them. God knew. God was threatened. You must understand, he was threatened because man, he knew man was able to do what he could do. Well, he made man with his spirit. Inside of man is the genome of God, is the DNA of God. What the child will look like, what the child will do, the talents of the child are coded within the DNA strand of a child before they are even born. And God knew that if this one, these ones decide to build this thing, it will not, it will not be stopped. He couldn't stop the project. You, you must understand. He couldn't. The only thing God could do was to confuse them by bringing many languages. But in terms of the project and the capabilities of man, he couldn't stop it. Why? Man was already made with God's DNA. So man is as divine as God is. So when these new ages come and say you are divine, you are divine, there's an element of truth. Because man is a product of God's gene. Make man with our spirit. Make man with our spirit. And after our design, our similitude. So when man was born, he was born with limitless power, limitless potential and limitless capabilities. They were unlocked. I mean, they were locked in his DNA. This is the first man that God made. The first man that God made. He made him with his own salary, with his own image, with his own spirit. Now you understand why a being like Satan would fall, would go to so much lengths to disrupting God's plan. Because God would make a king that is more powerful than all angels. All angels. All angels. Make men in our spirit and according to us. I don't know if you see this. I don't know if you see why somebody without 
Jesus can accomplish so much. That's what I'm just trying to show you. What somebody who does not have Jesus can do so much. He already has his instinct. He already has his DNA. It may be corrupted, but it's still his DNA. It's still his DNA. God can run away from that. The makeup of man is spiritual. It's divine. Man was not made from angel DNA. He was made from God's DNA. So even though his DNA may be corrupted through sin, he is still as divine as God is. He did not lose his divinity when he sinned. He didn't lose it. It was just, it was just imposed by carnality. go out on Friday and drink like hell and fornicate like hell then on Monday they dress themselves up and produce some quality work some world class business and you wonder but God I was praying I was keeping myself I've been a virgin but I'm broke your holiness is not per uh, 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 Benefiting you in terms of production, your production value. You still work the lowest. On the, on the work food chain, you're still at the lowest. Your boss and the boss of your boss. The boss of your boss. They know what prayer is. And you are the rock. So I take this business for Jesus. <laughs> 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 no, what's the question I'm trying to answer? You know what's the question I'm trying to answer? The children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of the kingdom. The question I'm trying to ask. <coughs> you can say whatever you like about the world. Say whatever you like. The children are in schools whose principles are not Christian. So, the human's being genetic coding is divine. It comes from God. And when he makes him, he makes him with spirit, he makes him with soul, he makes him with body. According to our design, so God has spirit, God has soul, God has body. And all of those components of his nature are all functional.
are all they are not do docile, they are all functional. His soul is working. Man, let me say something. Alright? Then God says something. I want to show you. That God said, make man in our spirit and according to our design. <coughs> Read that. Let them have dominion. I hope in your mind you can begin to understand how God was communicating to the Spirit of God. So he says, he says, he says, let me show, let me show it to you. Come, come here, Lord. Stand over there. Here's God. Here's the Holy Spirit in his fullness. Right? So God calls the Spirit from wherever he is. Wherever he was doing, the Spirit of God comes from before God. I want to explain this to you. Since creation, the Spirit of God has been outside of God. Not inside. He's been out. He's always been outside of God. Revelation chapter 4. And from the seven spirits of God who are before his throne. Not in him. Before his throne. So the spirit of God always stands. Before God created anything. The spirit of God was with God. In God. That's why Jesus said he's the one that proceeds from the father. After creation in the beginning. The spirit of God was always before him. What does that tell you? He never had a home until man was born. That's why God was speaking to him to go make man because he was the one that would live inside man. You understand that? So he says, he says to him, make man. He took for man. You understand that? Amen. It's an instruction. Make man. What does that tell you? God can make man. <laughs> Even though he commands the spirit, he has to rely on him. Make man. Why? I'm incapable. Without him, nothing was made that was made. But he commands. Make man. Make man. Make man. So God needs to go away. He needs to go to the generator, the engineer from the Godhead to do anything. Make man. So he has the capacity to speak, to release words, but not the capacity to what? To produce, to create. God by his spirit. He sent his spirit and they were made. So he says, make man. In Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 10, 14, 15, 16, 17. He doesn't talk to the spirit. And God said, and God said, and God said. Now he calls the spirit to make man. Why? I'm incapable of doing this thing. It's too hard without this. <laughs> so he says, make man. He consults the spirit. But when he made the, 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 the greater light, he did not consult. When he brought forth the waters, gathered the waters, the earth, he did not consult. Now he needs to consult. Make men. 
I was descended as the master builder. Then I was taking his delight. Big man. In our spirit. So that tells you something. God looks like this one. He didn't say in your spirit. He says in our spirit. In our image. So they look alike. So make men in our spirit. According to our likeness. Let him look like us. Let him look like the father. Let him look like the spirit. Why? Because he's going to be the son. His you will be the son. Who is Jesus? Jesus, listen, Jesus, Jesus is the second Adam. The second Adam was called who? The son of God. Who was the first Adam then? The first son of God. So it would be who? The father, the son, Adam, and the spirit. I'm showing you. Why? He's born of God's DNA. So he says, make man in our image. He's giving him the lowdown, the profile of man. Make man in our image. After our likeness. Then he says, let them. He's telling him, let them, allow them, permit them to have dominion. So the keys of dominion were with this one. Let them have dominion. And the word dominion is a strange word. You know what it means? It means let them prevail against. Let them rule over. Let them subdue. So God says, we will make him in our image. And then we'll do something. We'll give him a gift. And that gift comprises of our very own character. Dominion. He didn't say, let them have wisdom. He didn't say, let them have character. Because they would be born with all those things. But there's something that can only come from God. And that dominion. It says, let them, allow them, permit them to have dominion. God was saying something so tremendous, brothers and sisters. He says, let them have dominion. Do you, do you understand what that is? He says, permit them, allow them. Oh, God, what are you saying? Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8. Read from verse number three. Now, when I consider the heaven, the work of your king, the heaven are the work of his fingers. Read there. The moon and the stars which you have ordained. The moon and the stars which you have ordained the work of your fingers. Right? Continue. What is man? That you are mindful of him, and the son of man, 
No, no, whoever is asking this has discovered that man is a mystery. He discovered that I can't understand why you are considering this man. You think this man, you hold this man in high value. Because there is the star that burns and shines brighter than this man. <coughs> there is the magnificence of your creation that's out there that you could give your attention to. You are giving attention to man. If angels were saying this, it would tell us that angels didn't know God. Because if angels knew God and they saw man, they would realize they look alike. So they wouldn't ask a question, what is man? So that means to the angels, man was a mystery. Glory to God. He was a mystery because he was a creation that they have never seen before. Because man looked like the God that angels never saw. So the angels always saw a form. The glory never saw God at any time. They were confused. They were confused because when he made man, he sent all the angels say, go to earth. Go help that man. He is now your king. And they were like, what is man? What is man? What is man? What, what is this thing? This thing was the very son of God. <laughs> what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, he didn't visit the planets. They knew we didn't visit the planets. Didn't visit them for what? Then, then was, but God was visiting earth. All of a sudden, after he makes man, he's walking in the cool of the garden. He's visiting men. Who's this thing? What is man? What is man? Yeah, what is man? The question of this day, what is man? That's why the Bible says this, that great is the mystery of godliness. That God was sent in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Justified. Why did God need to be justified in the spirit? Because those in the spirit were holding God in contempt. So God needed to be justified. Seen on by angels, glorified in heaven. God is man that you visit him. They didn't know him. Man. You know, I woke up this morning, I was meditating. I was reading Genesis 1, 22. And I realized something. The same way God is a mystery, man is a mystery. Man is as mysterious as God is. Because he is made from the complexity of God. You know what David said? He says, I am free. Fearful and wonderful. The word they wonderful means I'm a complex being. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. There are many complications in a man's anatomy. <clears throat> what is man? <laughs> what is man? If if the angels are asking this question, that means they were not there when God was talking to the spirit. So whatever was going on was a secret meeting. Read this. You were made him lower than Elohim. You see, the translators, 
When you read the Bible, you must be very careful of how you read it. Because it was translated by men who were afraid of certain things that were written there in the Bible. They were afraid. The word there is Elohim. It's not the word angelos. It's Elohim. The word Elohim is the same word that's used in the Genesis verse chapter 1, 1, where it says, and God. So it should be translated, you have made him a little lower, a little lower, a little lower, not lower, a little, a little, that means, that means whatever, whatever man is missing about God is little, is little, so you have made him a little lower, a little lower, not lower, a little so man is a small step down from God. Hey. A little lower. You have made him a little lower than God. What is man? You have made him a little lower than God. A little, a little lower than God. The littleness is his humanity. Apart from that, he's equal with him. A little lower. So Satan may not have the nature of man, but he has the dominion of man. Because the dominion of man makes Satan to sit in the council of God. He can discuss with God. When Satan says, remove, notice, Satan said, remove your hedge. And God says, I will remove it. Why did God say no? <laughs> because Satan came to God with the authority that Adam had. We discuss that on a later stage. Please read. You have made him a little lower than God. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have crowned him with glory and you have crowned him. He's a king. You don't crown somebody that's not a king. He's a king. Man. No Christian. Man. You have crowned him a little lower than God. You have crowned him with honor and glory. Continue. Now wait. He says, you have made him to have dominion. Read it. You have made him. Let them have dominion. What was he saying? Let them control our right hand. He said, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers. Then he says, you have made him to have dominion over the works, over the works, over the works of your hands. The works of your hands. The works of your hands. Some, some, some 110. Sit down, sit down. Some 110. Verse 1. The Lord, the Lord said to Mary. The Lord said to Mary. Yeah? Sit where? 
Sit where? At my right hand. Sit where? At my right hand. Sit at my right hand. Sit at my right hand. Sit, 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 sit at my right hand. He was, he's not, he's both talking about a physical city and a typological expression. When he's saying sit in my right hand, he says control my right hand. Hey. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Adam did not need to sit. Let them have dominion. The dominion you are talking about was the dominion of God's right hand. Let them have dominion. Let him control our right hand. What God's right hand? Everything he created by them hand. That's why Joshua could say, sun, stop, moon, stop. That's why Moses can say, stretch forth your hand and the waves part it. That's why he could tell the rock to produce water. Why? The works of his right hand. Men have control. That's why Elijah can say, that says the Lord, there shall be no rain until I say so. Why? Sit in my right hand. Did God tell Elijah to part the Jordan River? No. Did God tell Elijah to call down fire to kill those uh, army generals? No. L let me show it to you. Second, second Kings. Second Kings. Verse chapter 1. Verse 3. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to incarnate to Baalzebub and the God of Ekron? So the angel sends him to that king, right? Now read verse number. <coughs> number 7. So they're talking to the king all these things. Verse 6, let me read it from verse 6. So they said to him, a man came to meet us and said to us, go return to the king who sent you and say to him, thus says the Lord, is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending uh, to inquire to Beelzebub and the God of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. The angel didn't say you shall surely die. The angel just told him to say, tell them this question. He added, you shall surely die. You will not rise from your bed. He was sending the messenger to go tell the king of Samaria. Right? Then he said to them, what kind of man was it who came to meet you and told you these words? So they answered him, a hairy man, wearing a leather belt around his, base, uh, around his waist. And he said, it is Elijah the fish by. The king became scared. The king was scared. Then the king said to him, a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So he went up to him, and there he was, sitting on the top of the hill. And he spoke to him, man of God, the king has said, come down. So Elijah answered and said to the captain, If I am a man of God, then fire, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed his 50 men. Then he sent another fifth. And he answered and said, To a man of God, the king says, Come down quickly. And Elijah said, If I am a man of God, 
That fire come down from heaven and consume him in the 50 minutes. The fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him in his 50. And again, he said the third captain of 50 with his 50. And the third captain of the 50 went up and he came down and fell on his knees and said, please, 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 man of God, please let my life and the life of these 57 of yours be precious in your sight. Look, fire has come down from heaven and burnt up the two first captains. Mm. But let my life now be precious in your sight. And the angel of the Lord said, now, now go. That means the angel was always with him. But the angel didn't say, tell, let the fire to come down. Because it was the angel who stopped him. The angel had to say, go now. Why did the angel stop him the first time? He had the power. He had the power. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Over the works of your hands. I will show you something that will shock you. Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45. <laughs> Verse 11. Please read it. Who's saying it? Who's saying it? Who's saying it? Who's saying it? Remember, remember, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, a word shall be established. So we're establishing a word. We're establishing a doctrine. <coughs> right? Based on the testimony of God and the testimony of angels and the testimony of God. So God gives us two testimonies that substantiate and validate Genesis 1.26. Thus says the Lord. So it's an emphatic word. Thus says the Lord. The Holy One of Israel and His Maker. Please read it. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. Of what? Things to come. Things to come concerning my sons. Then, and what? And concerning the work of my hands. And concerning the work of my hands. You have made him to have dominion over the work of your hands. And God is saying concerning the work of my hands. Continue there. You. Huh? Huh? You command me. You command me. Concerning the works of my hands. You command me. So what was he saying in Genesis 1.26 when he spoke to the Holy Spirit. And said let them have dominion. You are saying let them control our right hands. That's what prayer is all about. It is the control of God's right hand. That's why without prayer, God can do nothing here on earth. Why? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. It's what you bind here that allows him there. So God is restricted to move based on who? Adam. Why? He controls his right hand. Do you understand what, what, what God is saying? Yes. Who controls the right hand of God? Man. Concerning the works of my hands, you command me. God is saying, he's giving an ordination to you. command me. You command. Who is man? He's telling you, man is a commander. He's not a beggar, he's a commander. 
He's a commander. That's why God never answers any prayers that has the undertones of begging. Let them have dominion over the sea, over the air, and over the land. The air, the family, the, the bed of the family. What family? Family. Heaven. Who's controlling the heaven? Ephesians 2, verse 6. The spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the family. Ephesians 6, verse 11, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavens. <coughs> Concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Hebrews chapter 2. That's why religions like Roman Catholicism wants to make angels bigger than men. Men must give their petitions to angels. And the angels will take it, ooh, angels. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 5. He has not put the of which we yes, read oh, under the dominion of angels. He has not he has not put the world to come of which we speak. Now, now here's the thing. If God has not put the world to come in subjection to angels, he has not put the present world in subjection to angels. That's logic. It's logic. He has not put the world to come in subjection to angels. That means he has not put this world in subjection to angels. Read. For but one testifies in a certain place, saying, and the son of man that you take care of him, you have made him a little lower than God, and you have crowned him with glory and honor, and set him, and set him, and set him, and set him. And notice, notice that the, the juxtapose of, of you have made him and set him is two different communications. It's two different communications. You have made him. They are both in the past tense, in the past perfect tense, but the communication is different. You have set him. You have made him. The other one is made. The other one is, is the set man. So the set man to rule is who? Man. 
Man, you have sat in over the works of your hands. You have you have put all things in subjection under his feet. All things, including heaven, including earth, including angels, all things in subjection under his feet. My Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies good school. Jesus was sitting. Adam did not need to sit. He left nothing. There, there, He left it. Who, who's adding that thing there? The Holy Spirit in the New Testament is adding that thing. It was not there in the Old Testament. He, he adds a new, a new line of scripture. If you read Psalm 8, because that's where, that's where the scripture is taken from. There is no, you have put it, all things in subjection under him. It's not there. It's not there. So the Holy Spirit adds something new. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did. So it allows now for, for something new to be added. A new verse that coins with this one, that, that links with this one. You have set him over the works of the hand. Then there's the new one. Verse 8. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not see yet. We do not yet see all things put under him. You see that? We do not yet see. But he has put, we do not yet see. Why? Because man has not discovered the laws that, that allows for all things to come under him. There is a working. The Bible talks in Philippians chapter 3. It says, by the working by which he is able to bring all things subjected to him. That's the working. The energy is an energy. That what man discovers in him will now begin to put everything under him without him needing to pray. He didn't say he has not left anything that's not put under him when he prays. No. No. That's why today our prayers are not answered. Because man was not designed to pray to get answers. <laughs> He was designed to command to get answers. That's why Jesus said, whatever you command in my name, not ask, not request, whatever you command, that shall you have. Oh, really? 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 Matthew chapter 6. No. I don't understand. I've been praying. Nothing has been happening. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. I've been praying. Nothing will happen. Oh, I've been praying. Nothing will happen. But Pastor Daniel prayed. We are not like Daniel. 
let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Dominion. Now, for one to have dominion, he must have a domain in which to exercise that dominion. Did God give him the domain? Yes. Let him have dominion where? In the domain of the sea, the domain of heaven, and the domain of earth. So man is king of what? The earth, the heavens, and the seas. That's why you can pray until you turn blue for God to give you money. There's no money in heaven. Money is on earth. says let thy will be on as it is in so for you to know how earth must look like you must look at heaven if you are in heaven heaven is no asking because in heaven whatever you think is created in heaven if you say blue blue appears the law of intention in heaven is more powerful, is a more contributor to creation than any other law. If you say red, whatever will be produced from what you have said is your intention behind it. That's why Paul said this. Paul said, I heard words which are not lawful to be spoken. Because if he had spoken, began to speak those words, heaven will corrupt, not corrupt, intrude on the earth. I'll give you an example. Jesus. He says, Father, glorify your name. All of a sudden, they, they thunders. I glorify thee, and I shall glorify you. And they said, it thundered. It thundered. There was no clouds. <laughs> but it thundered. <coughs> There was no cloud. All Jesus said was, Father, glorify your name. John 8, read it. And Baptist, some said, an angel spoke to him. They heard something. They heard something. They, they did not hear exactly what was said, but they heard something. Jesus said, this thing was not spoken for me, but for you. Something is thunder. What? Because there was physical manifestation. Surely I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than right? Jesus says, the one who's like the least is greater than John. But there's no one who has ever been born of women that's been greater than John. So that's not counting Adam, because Adam was not born from women. Adam was born from God. So it's counting from Cain onwards. He says, no one was greater than John. But I tell you, the, the least in the kingdom is greater than John. 
So John is the greatest of all men. The least Christian is the greater than John. Who is the greater of all men? So the least Christian is greater than all men. Born of women. Right? That's not the point I'm trying to get across to you. And from the days of John, Jesus adds this thing. I don't know why he adds it, but I understand why he adds it. This, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Listen, listen. From the days of John until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Suffers violence. You know, I was meditating in the week. So I was, I was looking through certain things the Spirit of God was showing me. And then, out of nowhere, a thought came. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And I looked for it because when I found it, it brought everything together. He says, and the, from the days of John until now, the kingdom of, you've read there, right? So sometimes you visit to pray, Father, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. <laughs> you, know you didn't know what it means. You didn't know what it means. You were just praying. You didn't even know. What does it mean? Kingdom of heaven suffers, suffers violence. Suffers violence. Violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Read it. And what? So, the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence from who? The violence. I'm teaching you how to, how, how to surgically diagnose and surgically cut the scriptures. He says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, violence from who? From who? From who? Who is the kingdom of heaven suffering violence from you? Some of you I know what you're thinking, the devil. <laughs> so if the kingdom of heaven, now if the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence from the devil, that means the devil is more powerful than the kingdom of heaven and it doesn't work. So that that's error. <laughs> right? Then you ask again, who, if it's not the devil, is suffering violence from who? Men. 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 The kingdom could be suffering violence from men. Okay. Did not Jesus say, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Something, something is forming. Something is forming. Who, whoever or whatever the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence from must be something that is connected to man. Because he says, God delights in giving man, the children, the kingdom. So the kingdom is not so powerful that man cannot possess. It's not so high that man cannot attain. And then, and then he says, the violence taken by force. Take it. Then you ask, start asking. Take, take, they take it by force. They take what by force? The kingdom. 
So the violent take the kingdom by force. Now, to, to take something violently is to take it without request. Yeah. It will take it without asking. It will take it without permission. Okay. Who, who in the Bible has done something like this? Lamech. King Lamech. What did Lamech do? He took wives to himself. He took two wives to himself. He took, he took, he took, he took. Go to took. Okay, he took. Where does that word come from? He took Genesis 1, 2, 6. That's where you find it. Let them have dominion. Ha! 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 He takes it. To take means to have dominion. And the violent take it by force. So if the violent takes it by force, who are so violent that they can take the kingdom without permission from God? Only one man. So now it makes sense. The violence taken by force. So for you to take a hold of the kingdom, you must be violent. If you beg, the kingdom will not succumb to you. If you ask, the kingdom will not succumb to you. The kingdom seems to only respond to violence, to aggressiveness. So if you're not aggressive, you will not eat. You will not benefit from the kingdom. Yeah. Because the Bible says the violent take the kingdom by force. Mm -hmm. Take, take, Lama Krat. They take it by force. So God, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Take it by force. They take it by force. They don't ask permission. Matthew 6. So if, if, if this is the case, now listen to me, brothers and sisters. If this is the case, if this is the case, that means when Jesus was saying, seek first the kingdom, he was not talking about anything light. He was not talking about anything easy. He was not talking about anything holy. See, see, like a blind man, see, see. What was he saying? Read Matthew 6, 33. All these things that the Gentiles are seeking after. Now let's 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 qualify. What are all these things that are Gentiles seeking after? Mention them, please, for me. Cars, houses, money, clothes, gadgets. Yeah, continue. Aeroplanes, luxury, high class. Yeah? Expensive watches, expensive shoes, expensive hair. <laughs> right? After all these things, all these things that the Gentiles seek after. Says, read that. Your father. Your father. Who? Who? Your father. Be. 
Not beat. Who? Your father in heaven. He says he knows. He knows what? You need the owl. God knows. God knows. God knows I need a car. Chris, God knows you need a car. God knows you need a house. God knows you need new shoes. He knows. What a revelation. God knows. Jesus told me God knows. Father, don't have. That makes sense. That makes sense. Father is up in heaven and he's sitting. My child needs a car. Says Michael, you know, my child needs a new house. My child needs new shoes. He knows. He knows. If, if, if. Notice, he did not say that the things that the Gentiles are seeking after are wrong. He didn't say it. He said the father knows you need them. So to the father's mind, it's a need. A car is a whatever the gentile is seeking for, brother, the father knows it's a need for you. But in Christianity, you are told what? Give you a worldly. But God says it's a need. The Gentiles don't need it. They are seeking after it. The Father says it's a need for you. It's not a need for the Gentiles. It's something they are seeking up, going up. When you see them every day in the office, they are going after it. The Father says, that's a need for my child. The best of life. That's what God is saying. The best of life is a need for you. Your Father knows. But he's not giving it to you. The Gentiles are seeking after these things. And he says, your father knows that you need them. So God is not against you having the best in life. He knows you need them. It's a need. Brothers and sisters, the Gentiles are seeking for food, uh, for, 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 for water. He's not talking about basic necessities. <coughs> Because you can flip the script and say, no, he's talking about education, he's talking about uh, water, he's talking about electricity. <laughs> no, we're not talking about all that. Don't lie. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. The Gentiles aren't seeking to buy Ford uh, 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 Figo. <laughs> <laughs> or a picanto. <laughs> They're singing after AMG. <laughs> Father says the AMG is a need. Whatever is high standard, listen, whatever is high standard to the Gentile seeking, he says to you, your father knows. He says, Your father, I'm not talking about God. He says, He knows. He knows you need it. This is Jesus. Your father knows you need a new job, a new high-paying job. He knows, but he's not coming. So God can know things about your needs, and you still not have them. God can know you need certain things in life, and you still lack them. The knowledge of God, of your necessities, does not qualify you to have them. But the Gentiles can have it. Mm -hmm. 
then Jesus says something remarkable. <coughs> One of the most powerful things in my life that I've discovered. He says, they are seeking after these things. And he says, your father knows that you need them. If he knows, that means it's his desire to bring them to you. But because you are, the, you are the child of your father, to get these things that the father knows that you need, you must operate on the system of the father to get, not on the system of the Gentiles. That's why when you try to operate the system of the Gentiles, you fail. Because it's not designed for you. There is a system that the father has designed for you to Get the things that the Gentiles are seeking after. Read verse 33. <laughs> but see, do you see that? The Gentiles are seeking after these things. Then he says what? But oh, my, 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 my. Say, but seek first. Say, before you go, before you go seeking for these things. He said, he didn't say don't seek for them. He said seek first. Do you understand? He says, as a priority. Oh. Hey, hey, God. Hey, hey, God. You know, I understand some of the things that I teach would not be welcome in most Christian circles. I understand. I understand it. I understand it. But in understanding, that's what it is. In understanding, you can't accuse people of having a low level of understanding, low acumen for the word of God. He says, but seek first. Seek first the kingdom. Then, listen to what he says. But seek first the kingdom. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then he says, and all, and all, all, or not some, all, all these things that the Gentiles seek after will be added. The word they added means will be supplied to you, will fall at your feet, will be added. See, oh, oh, so, so I must find out. What is to seek? Because if I can find out what seeking is and start all of you here, at one point in your Christian life, you've had that thing, right? Seek first the kingdom. You know what? You know what they say? Then you know what they say? Be concerned about God's business, and you'll be concerned about your business. And then what is But give me to the kingdom. God not talking about giving here. Be concerned. Give your money to God's business. And God will give into your business. But some nonsense. It sounds good, but it's nonsense. Seek first the kingdom. What is to seek? 
Does it mean I must go like a blind man? Looking. Looking. No. No. You know what I want to mean? Yeah? You know what I mean? Demand. Yeah, demand the king himself. Before you go out of work, just demand the kingdom. What is demanding the kingdom? What is demanding the kingdom? My Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is the execution of God's right hand. Isaiah chapter 9. <laughs> so, so now, now here's the logic behind all this, right? If the violent take it by force and seek the kingdom, they must correlate. Right? Because is the he says, he says, is the violent that if it was Paul, we would say, okay, maybe they did something. But it's Jesus who's who's saying at all these two instances. First he says seek. Then he says the violent take it by force. So whatever seeking is must be synonymous to taking it by force. And what is the only thing that can be synonymous to taking it by force? Let's find out. Ask. Ask doesn't carry the same notion. Doesn't correspond. Ask. Take it by force. No. Desire. You may desire, but that doesn't mean you have the ability to take it by force. Right? Request? No. Crave? No. Demand? Does it match up? Yes. Demand? Take it by force. So, demand first the kingdom of God. Is it praying? 95% of us have been praying. You've been praying, eh? You've been praying, eh? Show me, show me the answers. Show me the answers, Chris. Show me the answer. Be honest, brother. I know, you'll tell me it's in the spirit. Show me the answers. Why? The kingdom has been denying you things. Because you have not been appropriately functioning in it. You have been begging for what's yours. So we are out of synergy with ourselves. Spiritually, we are seated at the right hand of God. <laughs> Mentally, we are crawling. <laughs> You're out of joint. Isaiah 9. Yes, no. That's a sigh. 
from your soul. <laughs> soul is like finally, I think something is getting you. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government. Told you the word there is empire. And peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this thing. Of his empire. Pastor I can't agree with this case. Okay. If you can't agree with this thing. Then every other place in the Bible. Where the Bible mentions you as a king is wrong. <coughs> it's wrong. Because you can't agree. You are a king. Are you a king or not? I'm a king, but there are some things. That, no, are you a king or not? The Bible says power. <coughs> what? Of the word of God? King. At the word of a king says there's power. And who can turn his counsel? So when the lion roars, who can but prophesy? Are you a lion or what? A lion can't say, I'm a lion, but oh, I'm part of the cat family. <laughs> so I can't roar. Oh, I can be just meow, meow. Imagine a lion walking around so big, and you know, puts his mouth and it's like, meow. What intimidates the animals in the jungle is the roar of the lion. If the lion had a meow, the buffalo will look at it and Come. I'll show you. What documentaries, right? A lion may be sitting in the sun, basking in the sun, and while it's sitting there, it goes like, and whatever. It, there may be, you know, there may be, there may be elephants, there may be buffaloes, there may be springboks. All of a sudden, they scatter. The lion is just sitting, but it's the roar because the roar is a signal. It's a sound of intimidation. It's a sound of why is the lion the king of the jungle? I mean, there are animals more stronger than the lion. The elephants run when the lion roars. Why? It's a king. Are you a lion or what? Can you imagine asking, are you a lion? I oh, know, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. <laughs> the lion knows. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm a, even in the in the. The female, you call the female, the female family. Is the woman that hunts. The lion just comes afterwards. Yeah. Just like, the lion is a king. The king. The king. So you must are you a king or not? Are you a king? If you're not a king. You're, you cannot be legalized to seek a king. What do I seek a king for? Mm. What do you want to do with the kingdom? What's the king going to do? You are a servant of the kingdom. But what are you going to do with him? He didn't say to angels seek the kingdom. He's saying to men seek the kingdom. Why? Because the kingdom belongs to them. And then he says, the kingdom is not outside, it's within. Mm. <laughs> so he's telling him, demand the enthronement thing. Can I show you something? Genesis 1. Yeah, but it's going to be a better. No. No. And besides, what happened? How is it? 
Even if you talk about understand who is it? Define the word pray. Yeah, no. The Bible says you must pray. Yeah, pray. What's to pray? Pray. What is it to pray? It's to pray. To go to God. What's to pray? You know what? What's to pray? You know what it is? Is the word proskuneo. You know what to proskuneo? It means to prostrate yourself to a higher being. That's proskuneo. It means to bow, to kiss the feet of. That's proskuneo. Yeah, I pray. If you are praying, why not kneeling? In my spirit, I'm kneeling. No, to proskuneo means to prostrate. So if you are not kneeling, when you say you are praying, that means you are not praying. Yeah, again, we are trying, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> so you have not been praying, you've been doing something. What's to pray?
What was he doing the rest of the time? I'll tell you, he was busy with his concubine. He had over 800 wives. He wasn't praying. He had over 800 wives. That man had over 800 wives. 800 wives, Sister Jess. If, if he was praying, when would he get the time to attend all of them? One wife is enough. Think about 800. 800. <laughs> when was he getting the time to pray? <laughs> but Solomon, but Solomon was the wisest man on earth. There was no man in his time, before his time, or in future generations that was more wise than Solomon. Even more richer than Solomon. When did he get time to pray? And yet the Bible says Solomon loved the Lord. His father prayed more than him. His father, baby, he prayed more than him. Yet Solomon was richer than his father, more wiser than his father. When did he pray? There's a place for prayer, an important place for prayer. It's not for asking. Yeah. It's for fellowship. Yeah. It's for communion. It's for fellowship and communion. The elders <laughs> and the Four living creatures. Are they asking God anything when they bow before him? <laughs> Let's sort this thing out. Let's sort this thing out so that we can have a, a higher platform when we continue. 
Genesis 1, verse 3. Read it, please. Just read the first part. Yeah, and God what? Said. And God what? Said. And God what? Said. Read verse 4. And God? And God said, and God saw, 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 and God said, and God saw. Yep. Verse 5. And God? Oh, oh, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. God said, God saw, God. God said, God saw, God. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. He says it, he sees it, he calls it. Right? Okay? You, you saw that, right? So the evening and the morning were the first day. That's verse 5. Verse 6. So, so God, see the pattern here. Every day God does something. He says, he sees, he calls. End of day. He says, he sees, he calls, end of day. <coughs> it's a pattern. Yeah? But there's a mystery here. There's a, there's a big mystery I want to show you before we leave today. Here. Right? Verse 9. <coughs> ah, wait. Verse 6. God. Verse 7. Does God. <coughs> And thus God did you, did, did you see another pattern? He said, he saw, he called. The second day he does what? He says, he makes. And then he what? He calls. You see that? So evening and the morning were the second day. Verse 9. Then God said. Verse 10, God called. Right in verse 10 again, the last part, and God saw. Okay? You saw that? You saw that? Verse 11. God said. Mm. You saw that? God what? Said. Then go down, down to chapter 12, the last part. And God saw. Oh, wait, 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 something is missing, right? What's missing? Call. Oh. <laughs> All right. You there, right? Verse 12, three verse 12. And God saw it was good. So evening and the morning were the third day. The third day, God stopped calling. He stopped calling. Okay, let's see if he will call the next day. Okay? Let's go to the next day. Verse 14. God said. Okay, we see it. Verse 16. God made. Okay. Verse 18, the last part. And God saw. So evening and the morning was the fourth day. Something is missing. He never called anything. Day three, he doesn't call. Day four, he doesn't call. Let's see, maybe he'll call on day five. Right? Verse 20. God said. The last part of chapter, uh, verse 21. And God saw. And God blessed. 
Verse 23. So evening and the morning was the fifth day. So day three, day four, day five. God stopped calling. <coughs> All right. Oh. Okay. God stopped calling. Verse 24. God said, Verse 25, and God saw. Oh, verse 26, and God said. And God created. And so forth and so forth. Then, verse 31, and God saw everything he had made was indeed good. Where's the calling? Day three, day four, day five, day six. No calling. The same day he made the beast, he made man. He didn't call them. Chapter 2. It is not good that man should be. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. What does this sound like? Day six. You see that? Day six. Out of the and brought them to Adam. He brought them to Adam. That was intentional. He brought them to Adam to what? To see what? To see what? To see what he would call them. So God suspends his ability to call and gives it to Adam. And the Bible says, whatever he called, that was its name. <coughs> so God stops calling. And what did? They did. And every single thing from day three onwards is called by who? In verse 14, he says he made what? Two great lights. Who named it? Because the Bible never said God said that was the sun. That was the moon. If you read Psalm 136, he made two great lights. The sun to rule the day. The moon to rule the night. Who said it was the sun? Who said it was the moon? Because God never called them the moon and the sun. He just said two great lights. So who called that light sun? That light moon? Because God stopped calling on day three. Who called it? So Adam possessed what? The same power that God had. So how was he was supposed to function? He was supposed to function by what? By saying, by what? By seeing and by calling. So that same process, God took him through. It's training. It's training for dominion. We'll continue that next week. But he took him. He said he brought the animals to him. And what did Adam do? He saw it, and then he what? He called it. You are ant. You are moon. You see that? You are buffalo. You are lion. You are cheetah. Who was calling all those things? Adam. Adam. I mean, there are so many animals in this world. When did man get the time to find the names for all of them? Called them. That means he possessed what? He possessed the ability that God possessed. 
He called the light day. And it, today, today is day. It's still in your speech today because God told you. The same way you recognize light as day, you recognize dawn as dawn. The God who called the light day gave the man who called the dawn, dawn. And when you look at the depth of dog, and when you see the light, you say, it's day. It came from God and man. Did he pray? God, give me wisdom. <laughs> to see what he would call. So whatever he decided, I go, just end. <laughs> so even though the end must, I mean, I mean, the serpent, you know the serpent in chapter 3. You know the serpent was one of the cattle. Was a beast. The, the, the serpent was not a snake. The serpent had four legs. You, you don't know. Oh, let me show you. Genesis. Genesis of the three. Verse 1, read. Now, now, why did we say, now the serpent was more cunning than any birds of the air? If he was a snake, why did he not say, now the serpent was more cunning than every fish or the fish of the sea? He, he compares the serpent to the beast because the serpent was like the beast. So he says, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So he had four legs. Four legs. He was a beast. Hey, is this true? Is this true? I'll show you. Just go down. Go down, 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 down. Down, 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 down. If you go down, you will see this thing. <laughs> if you if, if you if you go down you see this thing verse 14 so the Lord God said to the serpent because you have done this you are cursed more than read there read there you are cursed more than did he say all snakes yeah did he say you are cursed more than all snakes you are cursed more than all what what's cattle Cow, buffalo, those are cattle. <laughs> right, you are cursed more than all cattle. Azamati assisted you. Azamati, you are cursed more than all snakes. Which are all cattle? Four-legged creatures. So verse one and verse fourteen agree with each other. So the serpent was not always a slithering snake. God said it. Say you are cursed more than all cattle. Then notice what he says. On your, 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 on your belly you shall go. What did God do? I remove all your legs, and dust you shall eat, and dust you shall. 
That's why snakes can eat men. Huh? Why? Dust. <laughs> and dust you shall eat. On your belly you shall go. Does the snake have legs? It's the only creature. Even if you look at, even if you say it's part of the reptilian family, lizards have legs. They do. Crocodiles have legs. They're reptilian. They're cold-blooded species, right? But they have legs. The only thing that does not have legs is what? <laughs> Who took those legs out? <laughs> Even ants have legs, boys. <laughs> Snakes. So when it when it when it went down on its belly, that means no more legs. No more legs. So no more legs, nature change. So the name that Adam gave to the serpent was the name that caused it to have legs. But when Satan entered it, God cursed him. God was cursing both that cattle, that, that serpent, and also Satan inside that serpent. His life is mysterious. <laughs> well, now you always seek a snake there, okay? Again, you always seek it. That's why Ligoni Pichek. <laughs> you know what I really say, you shall not eat. You shall not There's so much in the Bible, huh? Yeah. Stand up. society and also why are their prayers being answered? That's what I try to answer today. Why are you regressive in a society that's progressive, that's advancing? And we say that Yeah. <laughs>